Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, we got a couple stock picks, and I thought this was odd when I first saw it, but uh, I read through some of your notes. First one we wanted to take a look at is on the defense side. They make engines, and this is RTX Raytheon. Uh, what's your take here on this company? It's had a pretty good run here in 2021. Uh, what's your outlook for this stock? Sure. Well, you know, in coming on your show, I wanted to you know, highlight some stocks that can work for their own reasons. I, I think between now and the end of the year, we're probably going to transition to a much different kind of market, and it's not going to be as uniformly bullish as, as what we've seen. So I wanted to pick stocks that could work for their own reasons and, and where the full story hasn't really happened yet. So in the case of Raytheon, they are a, a defense and aerospace giant with uh, missiles and radars in, in defense, and they're very big in uh, jet engines and a lot of aftermarket components for the civil market. And basically, these are the two areas of both the civil and the military side where you want to be uh, over time. On the military side, uh, you know, the, the, the manner of engagement is to be able to see what uh, everything you possibly can and engage your enemy at a distance. Their products uh, speak to that. And on the civil side, you know, the number one thing going forward, I think, for commercial aerospace is getting more efficient, uh, getting more green. Uh, and, and really most of that is accomplished by uh, jet engines. It's not really a function of what shape your, your wings are and, and that sort of thing. And they really make the best products uh, that are out there for you know, the newest and most modern and most efficient planes. Yeah, and if you look at the, uh, the airline industry as a whole, uh, we've got some choppiness out of maybe orders and deliveries. There was a note out uh, from Boeing today uh, and other, uh, you know, this duopoly that they have with Airbus. Is this something that's going to be, you're going to have to be patient with just due to the Delta variant, uh, the slowdown uh, between countries, international travel, uh, where orders are probably going to stay stagnant for a while? Or do you see a rapid pickup where uh, you know their Pratt and Whitney engines really start to uh, you know go off, fly off the shelves as orders start to ramp up. I, I think you're going to see more orders going forward. You know, going into the pandemic, both Boeing and Airbus had absolutely massive backlogs of narrow bodies, which is where Pratt and Whitney is strongest. Um, you know, making hard predictions about you know air travel with, with Delta variant around is is not easy. But I, I do think at the end of the day, this will pass. Uh, you know, whether we need an updated version of the vaccine or just more people getting vaccines, that's likely to be uh, the answer. And what we've generally seen is that once you open up specific air traffic corridors, whether that's in the United States between cities or between countries in Europe or in, or Asia, for instance air traffic uh, numbers pop back up almost immediately. So there's, there's a lot of pent up demand uh, out there. Uh, and on the supply side of planes, what's, what's happened very quietly and hasn't gotten a lot of press is we've parked a lot of older and inefficient aircraft. And once planes get parked, they tend to not get unparked. They, they just sit in the desert and kind of rot forever. So what, what we see happening is not, not immediately, but probably sometime in late 2022 or early 2023, the, the market is going to perceive there to be a net shortage of, of airworthy uh, planes. And it's going to take a lot of production and a lot of production of efficient uh, planes to, to meet that demand. 
Now, on the other side of their uh, their business, uh, Brian, on the defense side, with the new administration in place, uh, we're out of Afghanistan now. Uh, what's your outlook for this segment of their business? Because uh, do we see less defense spending, or do you see do you see at least a consolidation and maybe even a ramp up in spending uh, on the def defense side? Um, I, I think you know determining what the right uh, quote unquote threat matrix is for defense is is hard. Um, certainly, the United States of America, Joe Biden, and any successors to President Biden, they don't want to be hunting for bad guys in caves in, in places like Afghanistan again. What what's very clear, uh, I think, to most folks is that we have two fairly challenging advanced adversaries in Russia and China. They they are belligerent to their neighbors. Um, and, you know, the best defense is a strong defense, essentially. You, you want them to, to know, like, if they, if they try anything, um, it's going to be ch challenging. So, uh, you know, having the ability to engage from a distance, having the ability to see everything that you could possibly see on the battlefield, that's, that's critical. And I, I just tend to think the impetus to spend on that side of the military budget will be fairly solid. Yeah, maybe a safety play here with that 2.4% dividend yield also uh, for that if we get, uh, see some additional volatility in the overall equity market uh, here going into the fall. But uh, on the other side, you got another name you were taking a look at, and that's Gap Stores. It's pulled back from a nice rally that it had from uh, the middle of last year uh, into earlier this year. But if you look at this company, uh, you know, maybe fewer markdowns is helping. Apparel starting to pick up as a reopen uh, happened over the summer. Uh, what's your take here on Gap Stores? Well, I just just as a, as a as a confession, the first time I heard this name proposed, I, I, I laughed out loud because you know, the association is with mall-based retail, and you know who who would want to who would want to get involved with that, right? But, right. but actually, the, the single best thing this company could do for their stock price is probably to change their name. Um, Gap Stores is the least important component of this business. Most of the earnings and cash flow come from Old Navy, which is a very strong, you know, lower price clothing apparel that's off mall, and from Athleta, which is right behind Lululemon uh, in terms of, of, you know, setting the pace for athleisure and particularly women's athleisure, but at much better price points than Lulu, which is, is very expensive. Uh, so, you know, Athleta, if it was trading on its own, it would have a, a sky-high valuation, but it's just buried uh, in, inside of Gap. And there's a third play that, that hasn't really happened yet, which is uh, they also have Banana Republic, which is basically, you know, lower-priced, mostly office type of apparel. And, you know, return to office has not exactly happened in a fully comprehensive manner in the United States. Generally speaking, you know, fashion styles have changed since 2019, and most people's body shapes are let's say a little different uh, these days. <laughs> so if, if you have uh, some impetus to spend and look better in the office, uh, maybe you even get a little, a little bit of luck with the, uh, the Banana Republic stores. But generally speaking, not well appreciated, uh, has the wrong name, they ought to change it to something else uh, because the, the association with Gap is just, it's just very negative, unfortunately. But uh, really, if you look at their key businesses, they're all performing pretty nicely here. Yeah, a name, a name change would probably help uh, that stock for sure, as we saw that with L Brands uh, as they spun off Victoria's Secret uh, and, and Bath and & Body Works. And if you look at this company, based on that, Brian, uh, you know, you've got Athleta doing really well. You've got Old Navy. Do you see any uh, potential for spinoffs of these two? 
Um, <laughs> well, uh, this would be what you call a private equity or activist's dream. You could go to town with this one. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of op optionality. At, you know, Athleta, like I said, if it traded on its own, it, it would trade at like 50 times earnings. I, I, I mean, it's a very cool concept. It's very underpenetrated. They've got a long ramp to go. They've got a lot of pricing they could take if they felt like it. Um, there's a lot of ways you can win and, and, and a lot of ways that brand could work all by itself. Um, you know, I, I, we're not activists. We're not in the restructuring business. We, we just see there being some very good underlying businesses that are, you know, maybe obfuscated by a, a messy past. You've got, you know, better management in place that knows what they're doing. And, and I just see a lot of ways that this could, this could work.